little coin tree message here have an allusion to Dashmus, which <laughs> <laughs> Merry Dashmus, yeah. It's funny because this, this is the Dashmus episode, and then on the first, there's going to be the rigging in the new year one. So that'll be fun too. Well, yeah. Anyway, looks like we're live. Hey everyone, uh, this is going to be a very special episode. Let me hit the quick intro, and we'll get right into it. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dash Podcast as per usual, except this time we have a very, very special guest. It's um, Freeze Framed Father Christmas. How's it going there, man? Yeah, I'm good. Is my, is my screen frozen? Oh, there we go. It unfroze. No, it is oh, not, it's no, it's not Father Christmas as it turns out. It's not even Santa Claus. It is Mark Stadashi Mason who oddly coordinated his shirt and his Santa hat. It really goes well. So he is here to talk about all kinds of cool, awesome stuff. Also, a good friend of the podcast. Also, former co-host for the most of the 161 episodes that this thing has been through. So how's it going, Mark? How's, how's, it, uh, how's it there in the North Pole where you're at? Oh, fantastic. I'm feeling uh, festive, optimistic as always about Dash. Merry Dashmas, everyone. I guess this is the Christmas episode. It's great to be back on the podcast with you, Joelle. And um, yeah, I, there's so much been going on in Dash. So thank you for asking me and inviting me on. I know um, we tried to get me on a few weeks before, but that, there's been so much stuff going on in Dash. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really hope those that are watching... Uh, they're going to take a lot away from this because in terms of marketing, outreach and things going on behind the scenes, there's a lot to report on. So I hope we can cram as much of that into this podcast as possible. Yeah, well, absolutely. So let me just draw everyone's attention real quick to this thing down here. There's the live chat, the live crypto super chat. If you go to cointr.ee slash the desert links, you can go leave a little message there and it'll pop up live. Just don't say any swears or anything too bad like that. And then I'll pop it up live. And so there is the YouTube live chat, which is where Leon White just said, nice hat, Mark. And Hilawi just said, woot, which is great. But I reserve the right to ignore any questions in that if they're not, you know, accompanied by a little bit of coin, which is how you get into the live super chat. So that's the bottom feeder question. If I run out of stuff, maybe I'll do that. But anyway, just don't be a cheapskate, guys. It's, it's Christmas, for crying out loud. So anyway, we're talking about, yeah, Give me a quick rundown of what's been going on. Yeah, so um, I have a whole big shopping list, right? Um, I may not have been totally nice this year, but it's been a good year for Dash. So mm -hmm. no lump of coal for Dash this year. Um, I would like to update the community on lots of the marketing initiatives and PR that's been going on within Dash. Um, there's actually two media advertising campaigns going on right now. We can probably jump st straight in to discuss that. One is um, with Brave Browser, and then another one is using uh, native ads. But I think as you are for decentralization and you're utilizing multiple social media platforms, mm -hmm. um, we can probably discuss why I chose Brave Browser um, and some of the, the metrics as well involved in that. Yeah, well, I am using Brave Browser. So hopefully I should see some if they pop up. And um, so really quick before you even get to that, uh, what kind of stuff are you advertising on these? Right, okay, so the ad campaigns at the moment are promoting the Dash Platform video series with Amanda B. Johnson, 
the five-part video series, and it's linking directly to the playlist on YouTube. Um, there is a Dash platform landing page on Dash.org that is being created right now, which will also host the videos. So we'll probably will see some more organic views come through on those. Mm. And that should be in time for the Dash platform testnet launch. So I can shift gears and then use use that in the future. Uh, so that's another thing to, to look forward to. Yeah, so Brave, um, before, I'm just guessing. So because I, I use Brave, it's basically like Chrome, but if you hate Google and protects your privacy on all kinds of stuff. And I've been wanting to put a little referral link out there to like promote stuff, but they're cheap bastards and they don't like people who don't do KYC like me. And also they ended their referral program anyway. So brave, naughty people, I'm still going to shill for you because it's a great, <laughs> it's a great browser. And so because it's like a crypto tokenized sort of a browser, um, that in my imagination, makes things extreme makes it extremely like a fertile ground for advertising to to dash people because it's just crypto people it's already crypto people who are willing to use a separate they aren't just speculating that are willing to use a spec a separate product to actually kind of walk the walk to a certain degree i I'd imagine that that went into your thinking but what else went into it yeah so essentially i've noticed there's been in, in, increased sentiments from the community for more marketing and outreach um, I really noticed this ramped up in the community a few months ago when Fernando and Ryan Taylor went on, I think it was the Cardano Foundation podcast. And the I thought host you were going to say the Kardashians, and I was like, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> and essentially the host um, recalled the, uh, the Dash advert in-air campaign that we did, and you were saying how effective that was. And I've, I've really noticed an increase in outreach. And of course, with the recent Dash price appreciation, I always promised that I would um, use additional surplus funds towards marketing initiatives. Uh, and um, within Dash, this has been an ongoing conversation that I really should give a shout out to Fernando because I really feel like this has been like five, six months worth of research um, because, you know, it's not easy in the cryptocurrency space. Um, you know, once the newsroom started, I, I gained access to the official Dash social media um, but, you know, advertising via traditional channels on Facebook, YouTube, and even uh, Twitter right now, we have something that we're appealing, um, which hasn't been resolved on the official Dash account. So it doesn't really leave a lot of options. So I've been exploring uh, lots of options. But of course, when it always comes down to marketing and advertising, it always comes down to some very core questions. And it's understanding who your target market is. We initially had a meeting with Brave Browser six months ago and although i downloaded the browser admittedly i wasn't a power user by any means but over that six months it has had tremendous growth and now i feel like i'm going to be shilling brave browser <laughs> but they actually have um, over 20 million users right now um six million of those are based in the united states uh, 90 percent of those uh, 20 million users are in the crypto space 25%, so 5 million, um, have subscribed to what is known as the, the, the BAT token. So if you enable the ads, you'll get 5 to $10 worth of BAT per month. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's interesting about their solution is a lot of people in the cryptocurrency space are using ad blockers by default, right? Because they're, they're privacy advocates and they're switched on. There was yeah. a great article by Forbes 
I think it came out last year actually. Um, and it really opened up my eyes because when I was exploring banner ads or display ads as we would refer to them mm -hmm. um, on many publications, outlets, the truth is if you're trying to reach the core demographic of, of cryptocurrency users, you're already alienating yourself um, because they're just not showing up when you've got people using Brave Browser and even, even Dash. So, and of course, even if they watch YouTube videos on Brave, the ads don't play at the beginning of the videos, right? Yeah. The problem, the problem that I had with Brave, and I did go back and forth with them for a long time, is that for those that haven't used it, in terms of advertising, it's different, right? Because you may be used to YouTube playing the video in the beginning or like a banner ad on the side. They have push kind of like notifications in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. And you have to get incredibly creative because you only get a 60 character letter limitation to, to put it up. So it's not too intrusive. Um, but yeah, considering the other clientele that use it in, mm -hmm. in the crypto industry space, you know, you're talking about Nexo, BlockFi, Crypto.com. It really is the who's who. And they're gaining much better results in terms of click-through rate, CPM, CPC. And I'm currently negotiated a special price for CPC right now. Yeah. So the, the current campaign is only focusing on the United Kingdom and the United States at the moment. And I'm split testing five different messages. Nice. So uh, I'm happy to share those. Well, let me hit a, a couple of... Um of experiences myself from using brave basically for m this whole year pretty much and uh first off the ad model of you can run adverts and then you actually get paid for watching them it's like a part revenue share of that um it, it's interesting because i mean in this whole like what is that that meme of like i'm something of a whatever myself i'm something of a bat whale myself no i have about 120 bat accrued over this year from this just watching ads and stuff like that and i mean it's not a ton of money but just by being paid by seeing those all of a sudden i don't have this i notice myself i don't have a negative connotation when i see an ad i might not be interested but i'm not like get out of here i hate that it's just like Oh, what a surprise. Oh, this is nice. And so I have a feeling that will really help out. And also I've noticed that there's been like the, it's been, a, of course, the quite a few good crypto companies, but I've gotten ads for the, uh, the New York Times as well, which is kind of what I would call the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, it's like the, the belly of the beast. It's like the snake's head. It's not, you know, it's kind of the opposite of, of everything. So, you know, no offense if anyone here likes the New York Times, but the fact is if you get, kind of some of the more the largest names in the old analog world and then you get you know of course the crypto world it's like a you can tell it's like going for big big time things absolutely yeah and advertising really is difficult in the crypto space right now uh, you know you have the influencer side um, there's the inbound and outbound PR, which I guess we can talk about that a bit later on because that really influenced mm -hmm. the inception of the newsroom. You know, things that we used to do in the past just don't work. Um, outbound PR is dead in crypto. There you go. There's a headline for you. Um, I can elaborate on that now briefly if you want, because there may be some people scratching their head about like, what the hell is he talking about? Inbound, outbound. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, and I think you'll relate to this, Joel. Um, you know, a few years ago in the crypto space, before the Ethereum, you know, DeFi space, before the stable coins, you know, pre-2017 pre highs in December, 
Um, in terms of like noise in the crypto space, things things were done. You know, you could achieve good coverage um, if you were a, you know a well-known coin, and Dash has always been up there and regarded regarded mm-hmm. highly. And what I mean by that is you could used to do like what I would call pay to play. You could pay for a newswire and you could expect for that to be picked up. Now there is just a deep sea of noise and that doesn't work anymore. It's, and this is what um, outbound PR really means. It's intrusive, mm. which means it could be ads that are displaying or in terms of PR, you're interrupting someone asking for coverage. So if you're a journalist, their inbox that they dread to look at every day just has a sea of red, you know, a sea of sea of articles. And of course, if you're a crypto project, you're really excited about an announcement. But mm. if you're only really putting out two, three really big um, milestone achievements per month, you're like, oh, this is it. But the reality is for journalists, and I know you all relate to this as a former Coin Telegraph journalist, that you know it it just doesn't carry any weight anymore. And the thing is, because it's so unfamiliar, because if you've got like, hi, I'm, I'm Bob from PR something, I, you know, it's not personable. It's like cookie cutter. It just doesn't work anymore. There is just so much noise out there in terms to get coverage. You have to do inbound. You have to build strategic partnerships, friendships, built on trust and credibility. And actually using PR firms actually um, really, really holds you back. Because what that tells crypto publications in what we want to achieve is they are dependent on paying their staff and employees purely from ad revenue, right? And some, some journalists that do not get paid enough, in my opinion, but it's, it's based on that model. So if you are a crypto project using the PR firm and then they're just some random nobody with no reputation in the space and then they're reaching out to a publication editorial team or journalist for coverage, then from their point of view, unless you're Bitcoin or Ethereum that has you know, a large network effect in the total coin market cap, they're like, well, if you can pay for a PR firm, why can't you pay for a press release on our platform, right? Mm-hmm. It defeats the purpose. So really now there is so much noise out there in this space. Journalists are only interested in organic uh, content, meaning fresh quotes and, and everything that comes with it. Which you know is bog standard because if you're if you were an editor at a publication and you was paying journalists to write content, you would want to make sure that they had exclusives and everything as well. So a number of the top crypto publications now, um, I'll leave your imagination to guess who they are. Mm-hmm. They're actually using the plagiar- plagiarism checkers and everything for quotes and stuff as well because they want everything to be unique. And um, I feel that's something that we learn in Dash Force, Dash Force because we went through that evolution yeah. um, of intended. this space. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm happy to talk more about that. I don't know if that's of real interest um, well, to people watching, but if you're interested in inbound outbound PR, I can talk a lot more about it. Yeah. So as far as like the whole PR getting attention thing, this has been one of those fascinating things where um, I have no. First off, a couple weeks ago, I did some video where I examined dash proposals, governance proposals, and things like that, and just found you know, how they tended to go because, you know, a, a lot of times people go with Dash Core Group because they're, you know, the senior entity in the ecosystem. And I found that like one area that's been a consistent um, conflict has been around PR from like the early days, like Evan was getting his proposals destroyed <laughs> about PR. And then like, finally they get Waxman PR in, and then there's like fights around that. And then that gets out. It's just like the one thing that 
what if I would could say a fair criticism of Dash, which has been you know it's kind of like a no shit to anyone who's in the ecosystem, but for maybe new people listening, has been Dash has struggled with attention, with getting attention on the project, and the actual like development, like a lot of other projects, like for example, Bitcoin Cash gets a lot of attention, and it gets a lot of like flame negative attention too it gets a lot of flame wars it gets a lot of hard forks gets a lot of like other problems and like i guess it's like the price you pay in a karmic sort of a way right the price you pay for having just a network that runs smooth as butter fixing problems before other people have it and it doesn't mean like you know developmental perfection necessarily but like compared to everyone else really good but the price you pay is like you know it's like the faustian deal you know you gotta take a you gotta take like you know Oh, it's like you do a, you rub the genies. I'm like, you know, you have the wish of, I want like the, a project that doesn't get attacked. That's it. That doesn't have all these problems. It's like, you know, your wish is granted, but no one will know about it. You know, the, the magic of the internet, while you were talking, um, I just opened up the, the, the crypto app, mm-hmm. which is um, a very popular portfolio application for cryptocurrency. Uh, it has over a million downloads just on Android alone, and I think it's similar on iOS. Um, I just opened up the app, and um, one of the native ads I'm running has a <laughs> Amanda on there. <laughs> like, yeah. I really, I really did think I thought I was going to have to scroll through, but um, the reason why I bring this up, this is another one. So I've told you banner ads don't really work for targeting the crypto audience because of pop-up blockers, but most yeah. people aren't running pop-up blockers on their mobile phone. So I'm actually running push notifications through mobile applications that have high concentrations of crypto investors. So um, there's currently two campaigns going on, uh, the crypto app and also CoinStats uh, right now. So and I'm split testing, running multiple campaigns. But the thing is, you really have to know your audience. And with the Brave one, it's interesting because people have made that conscious decision like you that respect privacy and individual sovereignty to use brave and if they want to opt in for those adverts be rewarded and the people at brave um for yeah i'm not trying to blow my own trumpet but they sent me their case studies from um itoro and, and uh, i think it was BlockFi, and uh, i saw adverts from grayscale and like i said you because it's only text adverts you've only got 60 characters to play with so you have to get really creative and um yeah their just like those altucher ads or whatever you know Bitcoin genius says he's all in again. (laughs) To be honest, they were even more generic than that. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to tap into the user and resonate because if they subscribe, you know, they're going to get these things popping up every now and then. And I have to give a shout out to some Dash community members that I reached out to for feedback. I had like 60 to 80 different variations and I had to shortlist which ones resonated more. Um, So I actually found Brave uh, browser users within the Dash community so um, I have to give a shout out to Halawe and uh, Michael Lewis uh, from the Diff. Um, so one of the some of the popular ones that are doing well is you know why you use Brave. Here's why you should use Dash. So it taps right into it. Um, you wanted freedom with your browser. Why not your money? Um, mm. And uh, get ready for platform Dash platform. Here's what you need to know. Um, and then there's the traditional uh, Amanda one. And to be honest. Funny enough, even though it's a text advert, it's performing the best. And I pro- I'm it's hilarious. Probably, it's probably not going to surprise anyone else, but got Dash. Amanda thinks she'd be a lot cooler if you did. And, yeah. you know, the, the results, the results don't let me, let me um, also interject on that. Well, first, before that, we did get a live chat. Is this finally working? 
Yes. Yes, it is. Anyway, um, just the, I don't like, I'm thinking my, myself from a, um, from a, a perspective of someone who doesn't know who, who the hell this Amanda person is, but it just says, got dash. It's like, do I, I don't know. Do like either you don't know what it is or you do know what it is, but then you're like, Oh, why are people talking about that? Then Amanda thinks it's a lot cooler if you did. And it's like, if you, if you know Amanda, you already got dash, let's be honest. But if you, if you, like if you're like who's this Amanda person and then you click because you want to know like why who's this Amanda person who wants to know you got their attention what was that um the um <laughs> J- the Django Unchained quote of, you you have my curiosity and now you have my attention yeah I mean the the, the the blunt reality is the majority of the crypto space is still largely male dominated mm-hmm. and it's largely males between uh, 18 and 34 um, that's the biggest market cap. So like, sorry, uh, target, uh, I'm aged, quickly aged out of that demographic. So, um, I, I think the results don't lie. I believe in data and, uh, yeah, the stats speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is, it's performing well, but there are other things as well, because you know, a lot of times we have a lot of abbreviations in dash and we just expect people to know them. Um, another one that performed well was want crypto to go mainstream, take a look at the future. Um, because, you know, when it comes to marketing a dash platform, it, you know, it's a bit vague. It doesn't really explain. And but for those that have been to the dash.org slash dash pay, um, landing page to sign up to the alpha program, we'll see that we're starting to really push the social payments. Uh, tagline welcome to the world of social payments because people are already accustomed to social networks so we're mm-hmm. pay- basically putting social networks things that they used to with their profiles in with money right so we're giving that paypal experience but you know with social media as well so yeah it, which it kind of hits on this um this thought i had just now about uh, the, the other thing to sort of promote of course social payments is good and by the way, as a validation of this, Handcash is doing that. So the Bitcoin SV wallet in their little app with their little handles that, you know, again, it's not decentralized, but whatever. Um, they have re- payment reactions. So if you if I sent you five bucks worth of BSV, you could react like thumbs up or party hat to the transaction in the wallet. And it would say, oh, the other person reacted to that. And it's like, it's like, like at first you're thinking like, yeah, so what? But then you're thinking like, oh, it's like a message, right? There's communication. There's it's not just crypto out into the void. You're sending it to a handle at, you know, stay dashy on BSV. Again, you're not there, but whatever. I'm not there right now anymore after they moved to BSV, but that's a different story. Um, and then you get an actual reaction to it, and it's just like, oh, this is this is cool. It's like a social aspect, and you know, I wouldn't say they're necessarily ahead of the curve because Dash is already on the on the the same wavelength, but it is a validation. Uh, and one thing that might be interesting, the other thing I like is decentralized digital identities because no one has that except Dash, really. I mean, I'd have to do actually do my research, so maybe scratch that. <laughs> maybe I'm an idiot and there are a bunch of projects working on that. But that might be a good lead-in for a, a good sort of a clickbait type thing of uh, are, are you going to miss out on DDI? And people are like, what the, like what's that? And they click and then they're like, decentralized digital identity is the next frontier of this. And then all these things about identity theft and stuff like that. And then KYC and then like 
get into that and just be like, oh, let's DDI. I want to learn about the DDI. And then, yeah, anyway, a little ramble, but whatever. No, I think it's great. I think that's great feedback. I mm-hmm. think I hope our mobile team is list, listening because I think in terms of evoking emotions from using apps, I know from um, CFI apps I have downloaded where I stake and I get push notifications every time I earn rewards. It's a great feeling. I actually saw a um, test demo of an application the other day that actually had like an animated um, pig, like as, a, as a, a piggy bank. And every time that you got rewards, it was kind of like an animated GIF, but uh, it had like the shades come down on the pig and its little legs went and it was, it looked so cool. And it's just little things like that. It just, yeah. it makes it, makes it fun and exciting, but yeah, it, it, it releases those endorphins that just make you feel good. Um, because you know, you're taking that action and you're getting that response and that reaction is so important. Yeah. And just all those little things. And that's one thing that, um, Think, like Dash is supposed to be payments, right? That's the thing. It was, the entire reason it was created It's supposed to be a payment network, like a currency. But just the those extra little things that people get, like people get, like, oh wow, I sent money. But money is never going to be sexy on its own. It's just other things, like oh, I got, you know, for example, when I oh, I just got a dollar in Dash in this, you know, live chat thingy here. That was cool. And, you know, things like that are like, oh, I could just pay you this quickly. That was cool. But the social aspects are interesting, which is why there's quite a few dApps that are being developed for Dash platform right now, which involve the social aspect. There's a social media dApp. There's another one that, you know, I will see if we get get going, which could add a cool new front end to maybe the video front. And I just saw today they have a working demo of a... Uh, private encrypted messenger using dash usernames and so like these things are all starting to come together and like once you got your little you know you use your little dash username and then just send encrypted chats back and forth and then you could just pay people at the same time and then you can go like you know shit post on twitter or whatever all in the same little thing that's really gonna get people excited it's not gonna be just like oh yeah use my stupid little blockchain it's like oh now i'm part of a cool little club and then is when we need the memes overdrive. I'm really happy that you referenced the community devs in Dash platform. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that are active in the Dash Talk Discord at staydashu.com, mm-hmm. gotta plug that, um, they would have seen a community dev uh, readme made a comment and he, he's feeling more optimistic than ever. And he, he made a statement that got a lot of um, proof of emoji, got a lot of emoji reactions. And he was basically informing the network that there are lots of new, there's lots of renewed interest in Dash, but also um, developers exploring what you can and cannot do with platform. And they're joining to be a part of that process, which is great because we want, we, this is exactly what we want to do. It's, it's, it is a journey. We need to find out what we can and can't do. And some of the projects going on right now blew me away this week. In fact, um, this weekend I'm shipping well, pitching an article um, on a project that's being worked on at the moment. But I, I guess really the main takeaway is that the, it's been so successful, and I have to tip my hat to Andy Freer as well with the Dash Platform Incubator. It's been so successful that my understanding is all the bounty prizes for not just that creation and tools and stuff as well has, has been taken, not mm-hmm. just this cycle, but into the next month as well. <laughs> So that's, I mean, that's a, that's a testament to all the great stuff that's going on. 
And for me, the data contract side of Dash Platform was always most interesting. What's possible? What isn't? People were talking about what, what's possible with, with tokens. What can you store on the blockchain? Well, this project that an article will be coming out next week, uh, interview, I really think is going to impress people. Um, I've been having chats with the Dash Core group development team in the run-up to the, the testnet launch. And... I don't even think they're aware of some of the cool stuff going on. I had a great chat with Dana the other day and we got so excited. I literally had to get off the call and do 10 push-ups. I was just like, this is, this is, I mean, without, without sounding too hype, but like I didn't expect this level, um, us to get this far at this stage. And I'm not saying everything is solved. Things are being working out, but mm -hmm. there is a, there is like a working prototype and I don't want to say too much because it's not my place to say, but, um, next week, there is going to be a community uh, dev video going out, which will um, mm. showcase this and an article to support that. So I, I want this to go out before Christmas. So <laughs> that is something to look forward to. Um, and yeah, storing things on the Dash blockchain and that there's an a graphical user interface to explore it. With a lot of community dev projects, sometimes things can look a bit rustic, bare bones and not um, aesthetically pleasing. But um, this this dev has uh, got it going on. So uh, yeah, yeah, exciting times ahead. Yeah. So this all all makes me think of um, one of these. This is one of those things where, for the longest time, the excuse for oh, you know, Dash isn't getting all this attention is well, we're just not going to we're just not promoting it a lot until evolution's out because we just want to be finished product to do that kind of stuff. And I think, obviously, in hindsight, we can see that sort of attitude is probably not the smartest. However, there is a grain of truth to that whole thing where, like, I'm trying to think about what can I show that will wow people. And it's like, oh, you can live off crypto like me. Like, I've been showing that. And it's just some cases, oh, it's faster. Beep. It's just the payment that I can get a beep bit refill faster. Okay. There's a couple things like that. Or, you know, like, oh, wow, look, it's just secure and like, eh. But like, I'm trying to think of like, what can I do to get people wowed? Like, oh, this is cool. And one thing that did get people wowed in the past, which <laughs> sounds like an interesting um, segue perhaps, but after I finish this po point is um, when basically private send was able to be, mixing was able to be done on non-full nodes and things like that. And I know the Lamasu guys got on board and now every single Lamasu ATM, as far as I'm aware, by default has private send mixing. So you get a private send transaction out when you buy from that ATM. And it's just like, oh yeah, that's that's cool stuff. But other than that, the uh, the excitement, like when I'm trying to think of what will get people going, all has to do with username payments, username contact list payments. We'll just, because I use crypto around here, instead of just copy paste address, sent it, is it confirmed, who cares? We all trust each other kind of a thing. Where Dash is just, you know, it's easy to use, it works, but doesn't shine. But then when you get to, I don't no send me an address anymore. I just send it to you. Boom, just send it to you. Like, hey, do you pay? Like, for example, um, we have a whole bunch of, uh, we have a meat plan from a farm local to here. And, you know, every time we have to pay them and sometimes someone else picks it up and it's like, hey, did you remember to pay what's your face again? And like, oh, okay, can you talk, can you have her send me an address? All right, this is, all right, here we go. That that little point, if it's just, I remembered it, like I remember to pay her, I just go and pay her, right? If that, and then when I start thinking about, because social media sucks and people are getting screwed by social media all the time and 
a social media platform thing that can be integrated with Dash is a really good thing. But I touched on Absolutely. the whole privacy thing. You, you had well, some things. I, I can give a bit of forward guidance on the Dash platform testnet launch plans in terms of communications, if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, the current state of play is uh, Amanda B. Johnson will be doing a Dash Talk video interview with mm -hmm. Dana on the 23rd of December. Um, Dana is in the process, as we speak right now, finalizing the blog post. Um, that blog post, then um, I will have some forward guidance on so I can reach out to media mm -hmm. and hopefully get some good coverage on, on the, the release. Um, I've kind of <laughs> roped in Dana and uh, Bob to do like a one minute video for social media on the day of the launch as well, That's which great. is uh, great. Yeah, I want to get more. I mean, we, we, do we have the great. date yet or is it just like it's going to be one of the later days and just we'll have to find out when it happens? Yeah, we don't have a solid date right now, but I can tell you um, for the last two weeks, I've been part of two uh, Dash platform um, developer meetings and everyone is just working around the clock. I mean, it's it's very stressful and um, I'm I'm not a developer myself, but I think in terms when it comes to bugs and security and stuff as well, like you want to put something out that's really robust and there's always concerns and everything else, but like the team is working so incredibly hard. So I can assure you the blog post and video interview will be out by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and, and like they'll, they'll, there's going to be something like a lot of the guys are working over Christmas. You know, we were talking about who's going to take off holiday. And um, yeah, it, it, to be honest with you, I've not been part of too many um, Dash Core Group developer meetings. But um, it, was, it was very insightful because you, you realize there's all these different teams inside. So mm -hmm. even though we're all familiar with them, even from the project management side and the tools, it's very interesting to see because even when it comes to the platform, you've got the Dash Core development team, right? Then you've got the platform devs, and then you've got the Dash Pay devs, the mobile team, and then they've all got to sync up, right? And um, so it's it's really interesting to see their their project management, their workflow, and um, yeah, I was very honoured to be uh, brought in to help with the marketing and and communications. And yeah, I really think like we're we're in our stride right now, and um, I'm hopeful. Now the thing is with with the platform development, they're focused on like the protocol layer and everything. Right, excluding the Dash Pay app and everything else. So um, I think Andy Freer once said it best to me: is like the scope of Dash Core Group is you know is this you know the foundation, but Dash Platform the scope is just as wide as the horizon. So this is why the the community uh, dev social media you know ramping up and the incubator is just so great and worthwhile. And um, yeah, I really have high hopes for the future. And like I said, like. This is, this is like a learning process. And this is the exciting time for developers because they're becoming a part of the journey. And people are brainstorming in the channel like all these amazing ideas and some ideas that you can't really utilize on Ethereum, but like seeing what can work on, on Dash. And when it comes to actually storing things on chain, it's really interesting. I, I, so I'm very optimistic and I've had some ideas for myself. I was talking to my partner the other day about whether she would let me put like a, the marriage certificate on the on the blockchain. I mean, that's been done before in hash, but in terms of like photocopy um, mm. and, and things like this, you know, this is a different ballpark. I mean, this is this is really leveling up. Yeah, 
Uh, really quick, hit a couple things. Oops, actually put it out in the live chat. So first off, Isaac Barrett says, I miss the Mason Valenzuela duo. Well, I do too, but here we are. Um, Jack said, any big events you guys are looking forward to? I can basically, I think you're talking about physical events. I don't think there's many planned just because of these uncertain times and stuff. Of course, I, you know, depending on where you are in the world, that's a whole thorny thing. But eventually when there are events and we did get a, another live super chat. Great to see the two of you again talking as in past DFN times. Cheers guys. And Merry Christmas. Splowick 21. You're the best Splowick. You're a top, you know what? You're a great dude. Thanks for that. Um, and SRS says, good evening, everyone. Hey, so, wow. The whole team's here. This is great, I feel right? the holiday spirits. Well, not until later, but whatever. Yeah, there's just so much good stuff going on right now. So um, the question about what events I'm looking forward to, well, mm -hmm. COVID has been, look, okay. 2020 was the year of social distancing. 2021 is the year of social payments. So, um, <laughs> of course, the biggest event I'm looking forward to next year is the Dash Platform mainnet launch. And I, I would like to take this opportunity, if I may, um, to give a bit of forward guidance on that because um, about three weeks ago, there was a Trust Protector meeting where there was the re-election of the Dash Core Group Board. And we spoke about a few things about um, mm -hmm. perhaps like term limits and things like this. But the real, the real exciting, juicy stuff is with regard to the, the mainnet launch, because the way things are looking right now, it would, it would see that like we're probably going to be in still this COVID situation potentially. So we need to plan accordingly for that. And I'm kind of taking the lead on that for now and exploring different opportunities. And I'd love to get feedback from the community on their ideas. Um, I'm exploring opportunities in terms of distribution and how best to be done, looking at examples. Um, but what I want to make the community aware of is that we only have really like a handful of cycles to put money aside. So there is a lot of momentum in the community right now to ramp up marketing and outreach efforts. Mm -hmm. So in the coming cycles, there will be proposals put forward just to put money in a war chest in preparation to the mainnet launch. And this will be funds purely for that. And um, Ryan Taylor and uh, Glenn Austin have kindly given me the nod because hopefully these sums will be quite substantial and Dashcore Group will, um, not, will keep hold of the funds for me. And uh, Glenn's kindly offered to do that. So that's great. So people can expect to do that because we need to start putting money in uh, yeah. from the treasury and start preparing. Now there's a couple of things that would be very, so when we're talking about all this stuff that didn't work, like the beginning of this podcast was basically saying, oh, all the old PR ways didn't work. And something that still works is trust and authenticity. People trust each other, their friends, their peers, and, you know, authentic kind of representations. And so, uh, first off, I notice that, you know, the things that always get passed around are a real person putting stuff on Twitter about their experience with a thing. And I know a bunch of people have been sharing their dash whiskey sets that they've gotten from that, that lovely gentleman over there in Belarus. Um, so that's, that's already a cool thing. I noticed that the, the Latin America AstroTurf days are over. 
You know, when everyone is just like, oh, I got a payment, you bought someone for Venezuela and Nano and this, and like, no one cares anymore. Like, I hate to say it because that that's something that I feel like Dash took more seriously than any project, as in seriously, not as an astroturf, but as a real thing. And I feel that unfortunately it's so played that now people are, yeah, whatever, Venezuela, that's old news. Uh, and it just, it's almost like it's not real people. It's like you're paying you know, underprivileged people to just like pose with your stupid product to pretend like you're helping them. That's kind of the, the feeling that I'm getting about that. What works is authentic use. And so anytime someone says, I just stacked so many sats with Lolly or, or Fold app or whatever the other thing they're using or, you know, bit refill, seamless, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, but by the way, shout out to bit, bit refill, make an account, code DCN, I get some money too. Yay. Anyway. I just had to sneak that in there. But basically, the Dash community really kind of sucks about posting stuff that they're from them that they're doing with Dash. Like, for example, you know, and I did this all the time in the past. Like, I, whenever I bought something, I, hey, I bought something with Dash. Great. Yeah. But I can't, it can't just be me, right? It's got to be everyone. Like, I just paid everyone. I mean, first off, if you like this stuff, you should be using it, right? Because that's what it's for. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, a Bitcoin that didn't pump as much in the last couple of years, you know? It's like, why does it matter if you're not actually using it? So you should be using it, and I bet you are. And if you are using it, document it, brag about it, pretend like you're excited about it, which you actually are. But just uh, just like anytime anyone uses, like, literally, you see almost all the Bitcoin Cash transactions that take place. They happen on-chain and on Twitter, all of them, pretty much. Like every, you know, every once in a while, it's like, I bought a thing, I sent a thing. And then you look at like the transaction count, which is like two thirds of what Dash is at right now or something. It's been that way for all. It's like Dash is clearly being used a lot more, but you know, just, there isn't that whole like individual I'm using it kind of a thing. And so people forget about it. So you need to start reporting on that kind of stuff. Um, I see what you're doing there. This is a good segue into the next bit. Um, well, I agree with you that the community is our greatest asset mm -hmm. and, and tool in terms of outreach. And um, I would like to just say that even in terms of outreach and PR, um, guerrilla marketing and mobilizing the community to be the megaphone of Dash is something that's incredibly instrumental in our success. And we need to provide tools to do that. And I would like to give a shout out to some of the Dash community members because I have there are some very dedicated people in the community. I'd like to give a personal shout out to Foxtrot, who's absolutely been killing it on Twitter recently. Yeah. Been doing a tremendous job, and um, this is this is what kind of really inspired me because um, I had a lot of great feedback from the community. Um, once the newsroom came into place, people started to notice these uh, Dashy character animations on the official Dash channel, which. Good, you know, got a lot of engagements and it's good. And you know, while that is all wild and good, you know, for me to do that, that's just me. But if we can, uh, you know, mobilize the community to post and share everything out, not everyone is a, 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 a GIF animation graphics guru, but what we yeah. can do is mobilize it. And this is a real pain point in Dash because if you look at other communities, you know, this is coming from someone that's probably made like 10,000 like Dash featured images for articles and stuff over the years. But like, when you look at other communities and you know, not just from the, the memes aspects, but due to graphics and outreach, you know, it really became obvious to me within our team meetings that we needed to um, address this. 
So this was a conversation I had very earlier on with Amanda and Dan um, in the, the newsroom team to see like, how can we really assess this? And I noticed one of the, you have to look at the tools that people are using. You know, if you go to um, Giphy, for example, you know, people use reactions and Giphy is integrated into Twitter on the GIF option. We even use it in, in Discord, right? Mm -hmm. And we had literally no Dash presence there. So this was really important for me. So here's, so here's a little tidbit update for the community. If you go to giphy.com slash dash pay, um, this week the, uh, the account for dash pay that I set up got approved. Oh, um, nice. Because you know when you go to Giphy and you search for things, you think when you upload them, they're gonna show in the search automatically. But you have to actually um, be approved as an artist or a brand for the tags to actually work in the search. Mm -hmm. So right now there is just the um, the gifs from the Dashi animation, but I'm going to flesh that out a little bit. So now when people search, you know, for Dash Pay or you know Digital Cash and or or Amanda, um, <laughs> they're going to get that. So on Twitter, Discord, and also as well, that enables people to take those animations and post them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, TikTok, wherever they want, and, and to mobilize them. But that's not enough, Joel. Yeah. That's not enough. So keep, keep ranting because for some reason my extra monitor is, isn't working and I got to fix that. So I'm looking, instead of just looking over here at the, the screen, the other screen, like I could, I want to fix it so it looks better. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. So this is a great opportunity for you to go do the good old fashioned Mark Mason special and just ramble and jump up and down and, you know, scream and maybe get yelled at. Go Absolutely. Happy to do so. So um, taking inspiration from Foxtrot and others on, on Twitter reaching out, I realized that, okay, let's give people the tools to mobilize them to make even more content. So if it's a chart with a new masternode all-time high or transactions are high or, or active wallets are up, let's give them the tools to actually create drag and drop images easily to share on social media. So I really have to give credit to um, Dan in my team, Dan Sessoms, absolute legend. Uh, and for those that don't know, he's the animator in our team that helps with the, the videos. Um, and, and he creates the dashy character animations. And I guess there's a story behind that, why we, why we chose that, but that's another conversation. And essentially, um, we've created a what I've dubbed as a, a sticker set. And why this podcast is going on right now, salute to Strophy from Dashcore Group. They are being uploaded to the Dash.org uh, brand guidelines assets page. So I believe that's going to be underneath the art tab. If that's mm -hmm. not active now, it'll be active in the next few hours. And there is going to be a whole host of what I'm calling sticker graphics that are PNG scalable that you can just add to any images if you've been following the Dash social media, you would notice that some of the recent instant send announcements where I'm using the Dash coin and megaphone, that is one of those stickers. But that's, that's not where it ends. Because although I'm calling them stickers, I'm anticipating people that are going to use them as drag and drop. But there's extra additional value we can get from this. So from these stickers, and this is only just the beginning, there are going to be a lot more created. There's going to be a Telegram sticker set as well. Mm -hmm. And of course... They're actually perfect for Telegram um, emotes, for emojis yeah. to be utilized and stuff as well. So I'm really hoping the community take these and then create their images and get get as much out there on social media as possible. Yes, I'll definitely run with those. Um, I should also point out that um, 
sometimes I feel like, you know, per- personally, as a personal opinion, that there's been too much of the little little dancy man on like official announcements and stuff. But that could just be, I could be completely wrong. Uh, but do not ignore the value of little fun things like that. Because, for example, um, do you know the little Bitcoin roller coaster guy? Yes. How much play has that received? I mean, seriously, that thing's been everywhere. And I know the guy who did it. It's a guy who lives a couple towns over from me. He's a local New Hampshire Free Stater guy. And he just did this little doodle of like the roller coaster back in like the early days before anyone cared about it. And now it's like immortalized. And so like the HODL meme from just some guy losing his crap over some price drop while he's drinking too much and just smashes it like those things become immortalized. And so, yeah, all the little dashy gifts, all the things here, there, everywhere. Um, yeah, that's, that's all good. It's it's brand awareness. And in the early days, yeah, we, Mm -hmm. we spoke about character creation because we noticed, um, I think Decred has a stakey character and everything else. And although we're all accustomed and familiar with the D logo and the rebranding, it's really echoing that. Um, we even joked about creating like a 3D model of Amanda because there's all kinds of cool things you can down, do now with like audio recognition and AI to make things work. But really, we have to make the D significant. And there are a lot of publications like... You heard Point it here Telegraph. first. We have to make the D significant. Yeah. <laughs> that if like people are just familiar with coins because where Bitcoin has that effect, there's you know the network effect. There are so many articles utilizing that character. So really, this is the best way. So I call it the dashy character... Um, because I think that's the best way forward. And I, I, I think the engagement on social media doesn't lie. Once again, we have to be a data, data metrics thing, and it has to be fun and engaging. So, um, yeah, so far, you know, so far, so good. Um, but, yeah, everything, as I said, everything is, is optics, and um, we have to just keep beating that message out and getting it out there. And there's been some really interesting things. So uh, initially earlier on, I said there's a, like a, a more increased momentum and mm-hmm. requests for marketing outreach. And I mentioned about that airline ad campaign. Okay, well, before um, we jump into that, we, we started to get ahead. So we already got a super chat that I didn't even get a chance to read because another one came after that. So this one, the last one was, I wanted to give a big thanks to Joel and Mark for allowing the alternate MNO plan to see the light of day. Cheers to you both. I have no idea who that could be. Some, some <laughs> random person. Well, thank you very much. Um, now this one. Can't wait for the Telegram sticker set from Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous person who might dox themselves in the chat, but it, I'll still call you Anonymous. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, keep, keep going yeah, well, about like, the, the stuff. This is a community initiative, and we want to create assets that you're going to use and utilize. So although we have um, a separate Discord for our, for our newsroom where we brainstorm, I think maybe I might create a dedicated channel on the Dashboard, Dashboard Discord um, so once you actually see these assets and sticker sets, um, because a lot of them are generic and there are a lot still more in the works um, that have been, we actually, <laughs> Dan, bless him. He made some really cool um, like 3D mock-ups and everything. But when you scale them down uh, to like the emoji side, um, he's actually like recreating them, like hand drawing them um, and doing the outline so they pop more. Um, so credit where it's due. But yeah, I think about creating a, a channel 
so people can actually suggest ideas like tell us what you what you would want to see and what you want to utilize whether it's a dashy coin sitting on a rocket or <laughs> or waving yeah. their fist in the air tell now, us there's a lot of it. those i can imagine that are probably not ever going to see the light of day on the official dash website i'm just thinking a bunch of them with like joints and little little pixel glasses wow. and stuff Funnily yeah. enough, that hasn't been requested yet. I mean, well, it has <laughs> now. <laughs> I've had a few from uh, Dashcore Group uh, requested today after they saw the sticker set. So, um, actually, I should um, give kudos to Fernando. This is something that's been in the work for a few months as well. We've been building those up, revising them, and um, Strophy kindly today, um, as I said, has, has been uploading them. And everyone has like a mountain of work right now behind the scenes, and I really didn't expect them to go up this this soon. So. I'm very, I'm, I'm sincerely thankful, and um, I really hope as a kind of an early Christmas present uh, we can get this going. And yeah, literally, I need to present. <laughs> I need, I need to create um, the Telegram sticker set because I'm still waiting for a few more assets. But I do think the um, emoticons uh, for Discord and stuff, I think, will get a, a lot of replay value. But for me, essentially, it, it's not about me; it's about the community. You know, we're nothing without the community. Our greatest asset is the community. So. You, it's up to you to use these images. If if you see something that you don't like or see something that missing that you would like to see, let us know. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think. It's got to be for... Obviously, price thingies are obviously going to be great because everyone just gets excited on the price. But I'd also... Like, Dash's comparative advantage is not always going to be price. Its comparative advantage is it's fast. It gets there in a flash. So there should be some kind of a speed and a, some kind of a security evoking thing that's kind of funny. Like, obviously just a, like the dash D with the line and a bunch of other little background lines like moving like speed kind of thing. Wee, like a little animated just speedy dash, which even though it's not, it's not super funny, it's just basic. You need one of those. Absolutely. Yeah, we have like a speed in D for mm -hmm. which we promote it for fast pass. And the great thing is our partners have started to utilize this as well. So you'll see more often than not that I tag exchanges and everything else. Mm -hmm. So over the last few months when we have press, press releases or announcements of competitions from partners, it initially started off with Tauros all the way back then when they were launching the um, crypto credit card in, in uh, Mexico. But we've been creating uh, media assets for them uh, to post on on. Uh, dash media and it, it, for those that have noticed there's been a steady uptick um there is renewed interest in dash I, I i truly do believe that and actually on the investor front as well um of course people think that you know the price of dash is going up because of the correlation with bitcoin but for those that, that do follow me on twitter will see that i posted a, a block folio uh, insights um graphic which shows people actually following dash the project to get the project updates and it's getting close to 200,000 but like literally in the last month we've had close to 5,000 new followers and those are all new investors so um that that interest is that speaks leaps and bounds and of course the uh, follower count on twitter has gone up as well so these are all good positive uh, metrics yeah wow well it looks like we just got a quite the nice little super chat here Thanks for putting this together, Joel. Nice to see you're both doing well. I'm still recovering from the Quadriga event. Big things coming 2021 all around. Anonymous person. Thank you very much, Anonymous. You just made my Christmas. And I see that immortalized big grin on Mark's face. Apparently, you made his as well. I was Thanks, not at the Quadriga event, unfortunately. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I need to give a... So I need to update everyone on the video front, um, mm -hmm. what's going on with the newsroom. Um, yes. I, have, I have fantastic feedback on the Dash Platform video series, but there's actually a new video series in the works now. So if you don't follow the Dash proposal system, this would be news to you. If not, here's an update for you. It's a you know, work in progress, but here's an update for you nonetheless. So the new video series is called How Dash Fixed It. And it focuses on four key <laughs> concepts. And um, for those that also follow my uh, Twitter account, I did a survey recently, which got close to a thousand respondents yeah. just under. And basically it's like, what are the biggest crypto, what, so what is the biggest barrier to crypto adoption today? And there was mm -hmm. four options to choose from. There was high fees, long confirmation times, contentious hard forks and general usability. Mm, I remember that Twitter poll more or less. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and, um, and surprisingly for me, um, because clearly the, the results are going to be slightly skewed because I'm in Dash and my followers are, you know, crypto followers. So, um, but 67% voted for general usability. And I generally thought it was going to be high fees or long confirmation times. Mm -hmm. So it just shows you that Dash is on, on the right track. But um, the reason why I mentioned that survey is this, this video series focuses on each four of those concepts and talks about how Dash has tackled those issues and how we're resolving them. Mm. So those four videos have actually been recorded. Episode one now is in the final um, animation cut. Because once we get those videos from Amanda, um, who's fantastic, I have to say, not just on the screen, but writing scripts and stuff as well. She's a fantastic writer. Um, but like Dan as well, the animator, that's where it gets difficult. Then we come in, edit the videos, do the storyboard, the animation, and there's so many variations, but um, episode one right now, um, I'm hoping to be done next week. I'm kind of deciding whether to launch, wait to uh, like mid-January to launch all four at the same time or like trickle them out um, towards the end of December into, into January. So there'll be four videos. Um, so they're recorded, but it's just the animation process right now. So they're in production, but they're, they're not re quite ready to go live yet. And in addition to that, there will be five more videos on the Dash FastPass education front. Uh, Joelle, Joelle will be fil um, very familiar with this already. Oh, yeah. But um, Amanda has also recorded uh, five videos for the Dash FastPass educational video uh, series, which will help um, supplement the articles that you've been seeing that have been going out on the Dash.org FastPass educational section. And I believe these videos are going to be incorporated, embedded into these articles as well. And they'll be hosted on the main uh, Dash YouTube channel. And they will cover um, a variety of subjects. And the purpose of these articles is to really highlight our partners, but features within Dash. So there's a recent article that went out about staking, for example. And we use Whitebit for that. And we're trying to utilize the growth hacking aspect where they will then syndicate that to their followers and open up and uh, get people interested in Dash from their side. So um, I'm looking forward to that, but I don't anticipate those fast pass videos to go up until January uh, either. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, this is um, obviously it's kind of like an all hands on deck kind of thing. Everyone's cranking out a bunch of cool stuff. Um, this is, I, people always complain as long as I can't see like username. Uh, why don't I see the username, evolution, contact list, whatever. And I have to say, so I've been taking a personal, I've been looking around for all kinds of stuff, right? I'm always learning. I'm always researching. Uh, but I have noticed that I've been taking a specific look into different naming systems, username systems. So I interviewed 
the hand cache guy on all the stuff that BSV does with that. I interviewed the ENS guy on how Ethereum name serves and un, unstoppable domains and things like that tend to work. And I also interviewed what I think is the most direct Dash competitor, which is FIO or Foundation for Interwallet Inter Operability. And I haven't published that out. Maybe I'll do it in about a week or so. But that one, and eventually I'll get someone from Dash as well, because I really want to know how these things work and the competitive advantage. And I a lot of parallel thinking for sure. But I, Dash is onto something extra cool, I think. And I think it will be pretty obvious once... You know, once, because like the Dash Pay wallet, which also I've been testing the alpha for, you know, months now, and it's getting better all the time. And my little niggly, annoying suggestions are getting implemented, which is great. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. And I really feel like when this hits mainnet, um, this is just my personal opinion. And of course, there's a lot of extra promotion that's coming around before then and, and up till then. But I think that a some sort of an in-flight media campaign resurrecting that or other thing that will be seen by the general public so when a crypto person sees that, they'll actually tweet about it. It's not for the people seeing the ad. It's for the people who see the ad and report about it that then gets the buzz. That's good. Then I really think that we need every crypto YouTuber, which oddly enough is where most crypto people get their trusted information, which is a little little bizarre, but hey, I'll, I'll take it <laughs> if people want to trust me. Every single one gets hit up to do some sort of a promo code thingy where, you know, affiliate av advertising thing where they can get their new Dash username and sign up to a bunch of different apps, like all in the packet. So just everyone knows, everyone who watches crypto YouTube, which is every crypto person, knows they can get their YouTube, their username, and they can, you know, get their little apps and all that kind of stuff. And some kind of a big ongoing Dash giveaway for people who post themselves actually using their new username wallet. Is and not in a way where not in a way where it can be gamed or where it's just like everyone who posts a video of them using this gets so much because then you know, there's going to be people just trying to farm that but where if you post this thing and you have the hashtag here the hashtag whatever it is you get a chance to win something or other and so then yeah then you get that so i think those three things in addition to all this other stuff really just like you know defibrillator whoa, wakes the whole crypto universe back up to the fact that you know dash is back in a big way i don't know what you think about that Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, we're living in interesting times. And um, the Dash community, uh, I feel like um, I don't, I'm, I, with the price rise and everything, it's, it's, it's great. And I know emotions are running high, but I'm always slightly a little bit, you know, skeptical towards the uh, end of year out. Um, but like, uh, with regards to the Dash Pay app, I just want to add to what you were just saying. So, um, there's actually an ongoing PR campaign that I'm running right now, um, which you're familiar with, with Joelle as well. Mm -hmm. And this is really um, a, a series of free articles that serve as a call to action um, with different headlines, taglines. But essentially, the bottom line is it's to, a call to action to get people to sign up to the Dash Pay Alpha program. Mm -hmm. And what I would like to communicate to the, the viewers and listeners is that if you have not gone to dash.org, 
slash dash pay and signed up to the alpha program, please do so. I think there's about 200 participants at the moment, but trust me, it's worthwhile. It really is enlightening because you get email updates from Brian and he, he, he's telling you the changes and the revisions and, and updates and improvements. And you actually see in the journey and you actually, they're listening to the feedback and you're actually seeing how this all come together. So, you know, you don't have to be like a security expert or a developer to download this app and have a look at it. And, and every feedback is extremely vital. But for me, really, the biggest point is not actually just seeing it and seeing the usernames. It's actually the email updates again, which I think on average is probably about like two a week. But just seeing how all these uh, improvements are being integrated is part of the story. So be a part of the journey. If you've not downloaded that yet, please do so. And, and really, you're going to get first mover advantage because when we do go to mainnet, guess what? You're going to get an email first. So, you know, if you haven't done so, you've been told. Definitely, definitely. It's really, really worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, we did just get another live chat thingy here from our buddy Kodak's anonymous codecs whatever it's not five it's not 69 dollars. but here's another tip for getting mark's beard on here <laughs> yes yeah it's not great is it i do apologize yeah people have been roasting you in the live chat over it but it's just the be it's a humble beginning right yes possibly it will see if it lasts <laughs> yes so um i'm trying to think of what else um Oh, I have so much to talk about. So, yeah. um, like, so there, there are two things I guess that are going on. I can't really talk too much about that one, but I guess it might be of interest to the community. Mm -hmm. So, one, there was actually a kind of internal uh, MNO meeting today with uh, Stakehound to talk about the kind of like an early access process and to yeah. a, a program and to get like positive feedback on about how we're going to launch and uh, just talk about just generally answer some questions on the the custody, the insurance, the onboarding process, what you can do, because there's a lot of people in Dash that aren't familiar with DeFi. So even uh, you know Uniswap and uh, the liquidity uh, side of things, it, it can be a bit confusing. So that happened this morning. But in terms for me in the newsroom today, the big the big thing is um, about 12 days ago, Dash Core Group uh, reached out to the South Korea regulations. So those that do follow the crypto publications will mm -hmm. see that there, there's been a bit of noise about, you know, Dash and private send. Once again, this happens all the time. And it seems, you know, throughout each week now that I'm increasingly working with Omar and Glenn a lot more on the regulation side. But anyway, prior to the, the email that we sent them back last week, um, we tried to uh, email them, get on the mm -hmm. phone, and uh, they haven't been the most uh, responsive because you know apparently yeah. they're inundated with with messages. So um, we wanted to communicate to not only the exchanges but the Korean community because historically um, the Korean won has played a really pivotal role in Dash. In fact, in the run up in 2017, South Korea actually added a tremendous amount of volume for those that are around that, that can remember. So we wanted to give guidance to the community about what is going on and also like a nod to the exchanges. Um, Bit um, BitHarm, you know, still has you know support stash, so you know don't don't panic. You know, we we're, we're still there, but there are some exchanges that we're, you know, that it kind of actually gave us the heads up. So we've we tried to engage them. So today, um, a newswire went out because engaging in terms of uh, South Korea is not like the Western world, because their crypto publications they don't really use Twitter and, and Facebook. They they don't even use the Google search engine, right? <laughs> So um, I, 
I basically worked with uh, Glenn and Omar, and uh, I, I saw the open letter, and we basically created an, an article, and we've, we've do, kind of doing like a media campaign right now. Um, a newswire, funny enough, uh, as I was talking about them earlier, went out, and there were a number of journalists. So I'm started, I've seen about like eight different uh, links going up. So you're probably going to start seeing something pop up fairly soon on the official Dash social media, probably after this with me sharing like an article to give context. You're probably going to have to use Google Translate to read it. But um, the bottom line is, for those of you that follow Dash on the regulation side, because it was only two weeks ago, I think I did an outreach campaign about the shapeshift delisting, which really focused on the private send angle from Dash. And um, there was about three or four articles uh, that I worked with, with uh, Dash Core Group. But I really think the, the best one was the Crypto Daily exclusive interview with Glenn Austin, which really covered the global um, outlook for, for Dash uh, in terms of regulations and compliance. And of course, um, as I said, bottom line is we, we highlight uh, the chain analysis reports, Perkins and Cooey, the crypto um, council ranking. So if you're already familiar, um, there's going to be there's going to be nothing surprising in this open letter, but it's just really educating their community and also their exchanges about the the truth of the matter with um, credible resources. And we have a solid track record of reaching out to regulators. It's always an education issue, and I think people are really aware of this. And um, that that's why the the conversation really came up. Should we consider renaming Private Send? Um, and this is kind of like an ongoing debate, both internal and within the community. And I would love feedback on this, but I have to tell you um, my personal feelings on this. I've, I see, I'm increasingly involved in business development, probably more so than communications and marketing, but they often go hand in hand, right? Yeah, of course. But like I see so much time, resources, energy being spent on educating regulators and saying the same old thing over and over again. It's causing so many problems, especially when there are language barriers involved, whether, you know, we're, we're reaching out to Japan, South Korea. It's, you know, things often get lost in translation. And it, it really is proving quite um, uh, problematic. And for me, I'd rather focus our time and energy and treasury resources on things that are really going to make a difference. So trying to have, have the language barrier and explain to a regulator that um, private send uh, is, you know, in, in terms of coin join poses no greater risk than than bitcoin and they're like but it's called private send you know <laughs> doesn't really help our efforts so yeah. in terms of explaining so um focusing on the technology itself um, yeah and that's really a, helps. that's a really prickly issue and i ha i have to say it like that because it seems to be one of the biggest things that has held dash back in a lot of ways at the same time, it's the entire reason Dash came to be or came to that anyone cared about it. And it's an absolute essential for anyone for like, you know, myself, like, for example, if there was no privacy on Dash, I would or no, if there's nothing like that, I would probably be using another coin. I'd probably get like put half my Dash into Zcash and start using that as in tandem, for example. Like it just, it, for a lot of people, it's just a non, it's a non-starter, just kind of get rid of the issue, kind of like smart cash did when they're, when it, they're technically broke. But, um, the rebrand, the name of it, like is something that I would absolutely love to explore 
changing at any point as long as it doesn't just make things worse or more confusing or something like that. Now, you know, obviously for the the um, in the beginning, I don't remember if it was ever called CoinJoin something like that. I do know that um, Decred is implementing a CoinJoin plus plus, and so obviously calling it CoinJoin at least for them isn't labeling them a privacy coin yet. Uh, Litecoin and the whole Mimblewimble thing they're trying to put in next year, no one really cares. It's not really um, Dash's original Darksend. Um, terrible name, obviously. Awesome name, but terrible name, right? Just so much so fun, but like you get Darksend this. Whoa, it's like so cool and like cypherpunk and all that stuff. You know, cyberpunk twenty whatever the twenty seventy seven whatever the thing is. Sorry for being a boomer. Um, it's like private send sounds like a much more logical thing. Unfortunately, the word the p word has become like you know like a anonymous right anonymous is like those oh those evil terrorists cyber terrorist people okay that doesn't work private should be fine because private versus public private property is a thing right your private internet access things like like privacy is a some is a fundamental human right i believe and i think that the attitudes towards that are starting to kind of turn now the problem is like Private send makes it seem like the problem is the privacy coin moniker, which now is just a thing. If it's a privacy coin, it's bad news. And therefore, private send makes it a privacy coin. Now, Bitcoin Cash is not a privacy coin somehow because you can do some variants of CoinJoin on Bitcoin Cash and they have and they're in a lot of wallets. In fact, the Bitcoin.com wallet, which is let's be fa- let's be honest, the official Bitcoin Cash wallet, I mean, for all you know, intents and purposes, is going to be adding that. And so they're not going to be suffering from any of this stuff. It's a, it's a, a stupid branding issue. So I have no problem rebranding it as long as it's not super confusing because I'd rather change a name. The buck stops there as far as like limiting the technology to appease regulators. Yeah, screw that. I'm never doing that. But... Yeah, it, I think I, you and me, are both, we're yeah. both on the same page on this. And it's, I think in some ways it's a bit ironic because I'm sure we discussed this about four or five times on the podcast over the years mm-hmm. um, with our own personal thoughts because um, I remember, well, those that remember when uh, Evan Duffield was around and he put his first pictures up and it showed like what he envisioned as the wallet and it had the, the first dApps as like the VPNs and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, it had, a, it had a dash balance, a saving balance. And um, I know we both um, agreed or found consensus with the digital cash option because private send to me has always been digital cash. You know, you have your dash balance and you have your digital cash balance. Um, and it is no different to, to fiat in that way. You know, we, we say we have digital cash as our tagline, you know, for dash. Mm-hmm. So that, that really, for me, speaks leaps and bounds. The, the, make no mistake, the dash blockchain is public and transparent. Mm-hmm. But in terms of compliance and regulation, um, Dash should be given more preferential treatment than Bitcoin because we scale on-chain where a lot of their Lightning Network transactions are done off-chain. So they actually pose more of a risk um, on, on, on that regard. But like, I'm, I'm not going to you know, bash Bitcoin, but if, if people are going to demonize Dash on that front, you know, you, it, it's, a, it's a level playing field. And, and where Bitcoin has the biggest network effect, they're going to open up the doors for us. They actually make our lives easier because as they're getting more traction with institutionals and regulators are getting more aware of it, they explore what's available to them. And of course, CoinJoin comes up, right? 
So the more, um, the more custom they come to that, the better it is for us actually in the long term, because you know, where, we, where, where Dash is able to scale on chain as a supercharged version of Bitcoin, um, I really think that's going to play into our favor in the long term. It's just we have a we have a the private send is a marketing issue to a marketing mm -hmm. problem. It's the name, not the technology that hold us, holds us back. But we're having to time and again educate regulators. And it it really is a, is a grind right now. Um, but, you know, yeah, we'll have to see. So that's another one thing that's um, obviously whatever gets regulators to go away really helps. But just from like a UX perspective as well, for the user experience, um, some people are talking about like, you know, super private, blah, blah, like, and like, it's a better privacy coin than this. And this is, okay. We need a little bit of education on exactly what's going on with all of these things. Obviously, if you have a completely opaque blockchain that you can't analyze most of it at all, and everything is sent in like, the minimum traceability stuff like there there that's a completely different category than everything's open transparent and public and you're breaking the linkage between some transactions so people can't see how much money you have if you just buy a coffee for example those are completely different um, kind of purposes now it, you can of course cover your tracks really well and make sure you just kind of have this super and like your whole existence with Dash is pretty anon is pretty much completely anonymous and untraceable, but that's like for the people that actually that want to go through all that. But it's not so much like, well, privacy is a human right. It's like, okay, yes. Now a minimum of financial privacy is a human right. And or, or no, sorry, a minimum of financial privacy is should not just be a human right, but just like the default. And so private sent doesn't really do anything different it sends right it just sends from stuff and i like the idea of naming the balances different like you have a cash balance for example and you have a i don't know what you call it regular balance I, w I wouldn't even call it that but i call it like a public balance or something but whatever the naming thing i would just get rid of the the term to actual private send stuff you're just sending from your cash balance that's it that's kind of where my head is at right now i don't there could be better tweaks and stuff but i'd rather instead of like you private send mix and then you private send it's like well you're just sending your mixed funds basically so why don't you just mix you know mixed funds unmixed mixed versus unmixed or public versus cash we're gonna Something have to like bring that. back uh mixing monday <laughs> yeah of course yeah, yeah. For me, it's, it's the same thing. Like, I think a lot of people subscribe to Evan's idea of having like the saving account. And I think they envision that that would be um, mm -hmm. a possibility and feasible a lot sooner than it has been. Um, but yeah, for me, dig you know, as I've stated, digital cash for me is the same as changing like money. The money, yes, it has like um, a, a serial number on it. But in terms of exchanging from people to people, you know, that they don't know the origin of it. And that's the same thing with digital cash. You're not going to ban physical notes, are you? And in terms, and I, I don't subscribe to the money laundering thing because the dollar is the biggest thing used for money laundering. In fact, the banks have been implicated the, the most with it um, for laundering money, even for criminal gangs, you know, HSBC in Mexico and stuff. So I mean, like, 
I don't really think the regulators have a foot to stand on with that. But like I said, it's just education. These things take time. We're in a transitional phase. Yeah. And look, we, we have to be honest with ourselves and look in the mirror. Look, even, you know, you cut me in half, I bleed dash, right? But this, the fact the fact of the matter is, if you look at the total coin market cap, Which, by the way, that, a new really requested sticker. Whole happy mark getting whacked in half and then dash coming out. <laughs> but like I, in, on a serious note mm -hmm. dash only makes up what like 0.3 percent of the total coin market cap so the regulators right now you know their biggest concern really is bitcoin and ethereum and how this models especially as institutionals and big companies are starting to diversify it'd be interesting to see when we start seeing pension funds get involved and stuff as well so it's I, the, the biggest thing that's going to happen next year and I know this is probably going to upset a lot of people watching, but they've probably noticed an uptick on, on the regulatory side in terms of compliance. Mm -hmm. And believe, believe you me, I'm not a fan of KYC AML, but it, in terms of AML, and people would have, that are active on Twitter would have seen Andreas Antonopoulos and a few people talk about whispers on exchanges right now. Um, like there's going to be a new standard of AML next year and you know things are going to get more... Uh, cumbersome than than easier especially on the the, C, the centralized exchanges i was going to say c5 but i thought i better explain what i mean by that but um and of course like everyone's talking about decentralized exchanges right now um and this is this has come up in the the podcast after parties quite a few times but they go hand in glove obviously DeFi has had tremendous growth this year but don't forget c5 the centralized exchanges actually act as a good onboarding mechanism for the fiat fiat mm -hmm. to crypto and then the DeFi crypto to crypto so you, you need a balancing act you really do need both um but most importantly i mean the ultimate message to take away which you know i'm sure everyone would have heard before is you know not your keys not your crypto and you know the, the fear mongering that's going on now amongst twitter is like certain exchanges at some point next year um you know are going to lock in funds and then you're going to be asked to prove the origin of them so that's just something to be cautious and aware of. And I think some, uh, you know, in terms of biz dev, a lot of our partners are trying to stay compliant and ahead of the curve. So mm -hmm. these are things that we need to be aware of. But there are actually, um, there's actually a lot of things happening on the regulation side right now. Um, it's not my place to say right yet, but we're, we're having some more legal paperwork's done. And where the price has actually gone up, I've put some money aside to my of my budget for two industry uh, reports, mm -hmm. um, which will be based on the um, store of value aspects for Dash, but from an academic perspective. Interesting. And, and then also from the regulatory front, which will be um, really like a manifesto, like overview of everything going on with Dash. We've already we already have so many um, external, you know documents that we've accumulated that make our case for us like i said we have a solid track record it's just getting in the room to to educate them um mm -hmm. but like this will really bring everything together and we've we have three additional reports in the works right now with from a big from a big household name and um this is really going to add to that and i think gonna in some ways even on the aml issue i think it's actually going to put us ahead of the curve um, interesting so I'm hoping those are going to be completed in, in the next month or two. And the industry reports, because they're going to be of the academic nature and the, the distribution channels, um, I think this is probably one of the, the, the two biggest pain points in Dash right now is one is, the, is on the regulation front and we need clarity. 
you know, it's one thing us saying, oh, but Dash, here's our private send legal opinion and our, and our position. But really, when you're, when you're dealing with regulators, especially in the legacy financial space that are dealing with the big um, tech space names and everything else, you know, they only listen to the Deloitte's of the world and the PWCs. You know, you, you can't be coming from you. You have to have the resources. You have to have the format and, and digest that they're used to getting, right? They don't make decisions of e-entertainment articles, right? They make decisions of, of data yeah. and research and metrics and legal opinions. Um, but the great news is, is that we've already have a lot of those and we're having a few more. So I really think we're going to, it's taking time, but we're putting ourselves in a very strong position. And once again, I just want to give thanks to, uh, in particular, Omar and, and Glenn. I've been involved more, you know, in, in this side, helping with the communication aspect, but there is so much work that goes into this. Um, yeah. And I hope people do appreciate that because it, it's, it's not easy work. And this is something important to understand about regulators and regulating, especially in the modern world, especially in what we're called free countries, but, you know, it's a different debate, is they can't no one no government i don't think is under the delusion at least maybe like a north korea type place but other than that are there none of them are under the delusion that they're going to get 100 percent compliance they're going to get 100 percent of their citizen pace paying their taxes as they should they're going to be able to do that and obviously it's a law of diminishing returns at some point when you start chasing after like every random you know hobo who just doesn't you know didn't file or did something weird like that what they try to go after is like the big fish and stuff and so crypto is not like it the cat's out of the bag it's not going away it's just there it's only growing it's you know it's there to stay and that includes crypto the way we're used to using it which is you know peer-to-peer making our own coins from scratch just for fun to figure things out compiling our own wallets from scratch you know VPNs, Tor, ITP, all that kind of stuff. Like that world is not ever going away. And I don't think the regulators ever, you know, can basically fool themselves into thinking it goes away. They want to be able to bust a few big, like drug deals, drug dealers, predators, whatever it is. But also the big thing, they just want to get the, the normies, the fiat to crypto stuff, the people who are buying a bunch of crypto and then they're selling on exchanges. Like they want to get their piece of the tax pie from that. That's just, uh, like, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, that's my opinion on this thing from having, you know, basically seen how they operate. But it's not like you're never going to be able to use this kind of stuff. They're going to criminalize, you know, regular old usage and stuff like that. No, but it's just that that fiat quarter. Now, that, of course, brings to the the um, brings up the point of. If you use crypto like I do, if you're just using Dash every day, every other day, whatever, sending peer-to-peer, using it as money, paying your stuff in it, that's all in like a closed Dash loop ecosystem, and it just flows. You just don't really have to worry about it, and I highly doubt you know many regulators are going to put a lot of time and effort to even looking into that world, just that the fiat world. When it hits there, they're going to be like, well, where did you get it from? But like they already do that with cash, don't they? And you still pay your gardener or whoever with cash. You still pay your buddy with the cash. You still don't, you know, write anything down and no one really cares. And so if that, basically, I can imagine it being like that kind of a system. The clandestine Craigslist cash system is not, is only going to intensify under crypto. And it doesn't, that doesn't mean though that regulators won't kind of crack down. And 
I should point out that there are non-core group developments on the Dash privacy front. There's uh, the WW4D, which isn't a WD-40, it's a little oil can spray. It's a Wasabi wallet for Dash is the first port of a more advanced uh, Bitcoin coin join wallet for Dash that's being Basically, they got their first build working on testnet or whatever. There's some great community developers working on that and some other things. So even in the event where, you know, for some reason, uh, private send is like not included in any of the the newer products. I mean, of course, you know, full node stuff, right? But it, as far as it's not being included in the mobile ones for like years or something, there's other people working on other stuff. So you'll always have something to do. Absolutely. And um, I've, you just reminded me of something. Um, if, if it's not posted today, it will be in the, the, in the next few coming days. Um, there will be a Dash blog post from um, Quantum Explorer. He's working on the, the Dash Pay app. And there's been a lot of interesting new um, innovations and uh, code that's been on the, on the GitHub on the dip side mm-hmm. um, that he was involved in, in writing. And he's he's basically debriefed it all and got rid of the technical jargon and he tries to make it as objective as possible. It's very, it's very extensive and lengthy, but it's worthwhile and it really shows you the extent of how much hard work and grit that the devs are actually putting into this, the lines of codes. Um, I was blown away just learning about platform because it uses a, a custom version of um, Tendermint, but like we've mm. we've got so many like literally thousands of lines with custom code, so it's not you know it's not even the same thing anymore. Yeah, of course, it's its own thing. It's become its own thing. So I mean, it, honestly, it is it, it's really amazing. And um, once that that comes out, I hope even for the less uh, tech savvy on the developer side, it will fill in a lot of the blank gaps and explain actually how these things are made possible actually on the Dash Pay app. Those functions that we all want and crave. So um, yeah. Yes, Look forward to that. And I, I, all I can say is, again, like, please do, if you have not done so, sign up to the Alpha program on yeah. uh, dash.org slash And I have uh, the desert links on that, so please go there and send me some fake money, and I'll send you some fake money back. Uh, we did get one more live chat thing here. 69 cents. It's not $69, but to Mark's beard again. Regarding mainnet Evo, does Mark think it'll come out before or after Mt. Gox creditor resolution? Uh, <laughs> Oof. Oh Oof, my that's God. a little bit of a diss <laughs> um, yeah no i think that's fair yeah. like, do you know what i, I you know dash core group they're they they know this better than anyone else and like i said it was very insightful being in in those meetings and looking at their project management process because you know you're bringing all these teams together and they're coordinating and they're all reliant on each other and um it's 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 an exciting time. Do I think it, you know mainnet is definitely going to happen next year without a shadow of a doubt, right? Yes. Because they're going to be modular updates. Whether it does all bells and whistles, um, look, I, I can tell you that I'm I'm planning uh, for the mainnet launch. So like, um, I this this is is going to be it. now in terms of like testnet, there are things that like we don't know, right? There are things that can go bump in the night when it comes to. Um, bugs, security, making things are robust before we go to mainnet. Um, of course, for Dash Core Group, they want everything to be, you know, it's going to be pretty bare bones from their side, uh, I think, on, on the mainnet launch and the things. But, you know, the, the exciting thing for us on the retail user side is the show and tell, the gallery, what the community devs are building with it and the dApps that come with it. And 
as Joel referred to earlier, there's some really exciting community projects already. Mm-hmm. And um, please stay tuned for uh, next week because I'm hoping to get some coverage on one of those community projects that I think will be of interest to many people, especially if you like gaming. That's all I will say. And how Dash platforms integrate in uh, and, and can do some really cool stuff with that. So please do wait. And that there should be a community video going out as well um, after that as well. Yeah. And I should point out in two weeks time there will be the not the last dash podcast of the year but the first of the new year on the new year and i'm um, still figure out exactly what i'm going to do for that one but it's trust me it'll be a good one i might do just like a two hour long one just to you know just to piss off grandmaster dash or no just to um you know get all the goodness out so we're pro- speaking okay. of which we're like an hour and a half in we should probably get this thing wrapped up but where would you like to direct people? I would probably say the sticker page and the <laughs> alpha sign up page. Those two places, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's not live on the dash.org um, brand guidelines page by now, it will be in the company. But I'll, I'll make a social media post uh, notifying you about the, the Giphy page and also the sticker set and the, the Telegram sticker set I still need to create. And I need to add the emojis to uh, Discord as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just holding it back because I wanted to save it for your podcast to let the community know. Um, I know it's only like a little thing, but oh, I just want to get it out before It's Christmas. a lot of excitement, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good fun. And I really do hope the community uh, utilize these, whether it's just adding the stickers onto charts or whatever. And like, please do feel free to make um, requests as well on things that you would like to see. And I just want to give my sincere thanks to the community and the masternodes for your continued support. Um, I couldn't continue my operations uh, without you. And obviously, I work hand in glove with uh, Dash Core Group. Um, I'm dependent on the development work and biz dev mm-hmm. and they're kind of, you know, uh, their megaphone, so to speak. So, um, yeah, things are going really well. I'm optimistic for the new year. Let's see what happens with marketing. But, yeah, please keep an eye open for upcoming proposals built to build up the war chest. Um, I'm, I've already got a few quotes for some ideas because I'm expecting COVID still going to be an issue next year. So in terms of live events and distribution, I can't wait to report those on the, to the community. But, um yeah, next year it's it's all in. Go big or go home, and uh, I don't I don't want to disappoint. Well, absolutely. Well, hey, guess what, guys? We just hit 800 subscribers. So thank you for the two people that subscribed to the channel since we started. Woohoo! Good time. Anyway, I haven't worn these in a while, but I have them on the desk, so might as well. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. It's gonna be two weeks from today another fantastic episode thanks everyone for donating jumping in the live chat all that stuff it was a dashy good time that's for sure so if you have dash you want you should be spending it and if you want to spend it you can use bit refill if you sign up with the code dcn that helps me out and that's going to be a fantastic time now uh, always share and subscribe comment like all those things and there's an audio only version on spotify on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Pandora, everywhere, in case you just like that. I do some audio-only stuff there that the the stuff, the video version is sometimes shorter or like half as long on some of these episodes, so go there. Anyway, now it's time for the fantastic thing we call the after party, which is just like this, except a whole lot less serious, not recorded, not live, and just shooting the shit until the wee hours of the morning. And the way you get there, you first you have to go to the... Um, the actual Dash Talk Discord and ask around. And the way you get in there, what's what's the URL for that? I think I forgot. 
It's staydashy.com. All right. How could I forget? You go there, start asking around, and someone will put you in. And yeah, it'll be a jolly good time. Uh, I haven't said it in a long time, but you know. Was it was the, the, the jingle or the... Stay positive. Stay humble. But most importantly, stay dashy. Yep. Bye, everyone. Very <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.